Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. And we're live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to a very, very special episode of Lance's House of Sports. I'm your host, Lance Wyatt, and I'm back for a special interview with a close family friend of mine and a former coach of mine back when I was younger, Peter Patton. Uh, But before I get a little bit into that, you know, we got to talk about the end of the NBA season from where we last left off. I mean, obviously, where we finished... The Boston Celtics were unable to get past the Miami Heat. The Heat ended up taking on the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. And Nikola Jokic and company ended up proving me wrong this last postseason, um, finally getting over the top and Jokic proving that he's not just one of the best players in the world, um, but one of the most dynamic players in the world, beating a tough Jimmy Butler and company team in the Miami Heat in five games in the NBA Finals. But moving past that, I mean, we're in the off-season now, and that means we're doing off-season work. And with that, I am very gladly to say I was lucky enough to interview uh, Peter Patton, who is currently the Director of Player Development um, for the Chicago Bulls. Um, Beforehand, Peter Patton first started his coaching career as a shooting coach to later assistant coach for the Minnesota Timberwolves for a couple years before transitioning over to the owned Mark Cuban Dallas Mavericks. Um, He was a part of that team for, I want to say, about five years, uh, four or five years to now where he finally gets to come home and he gets a player development job for his hometown, Chicago Bulls. Peter Patton grew up a Chicago native. Um, He went to Loyola Academy um, in Chicago. He went to college at DePaul University, but he's not, you know, he's not just a ball player. He's a He's a killer. He's a sniper. One of the best shooting forms I've ever seen in my life. And I think his um, his record for single season three point percentage at DePaul can speak for itself, as I believe, if I'm not mistaken, shot 54 percent from three in a single season. And in my eyes, that's just unbelievable. Um, after his college days, didn't make it to a regular season roster in the NBA. Was close to making it on the on the Bulls roster in the 90s. He went over to play in the Chinese Basketball Association, um, transferred over to the International Basketball Association. He also played over in Europe uh, for a couple years. But that's when his uh, playing career came to an end. Um, he became a coach and uh, coached from all around the country, I'd say. Um, I most known, uh, knew him from being, uh, being in Columbus, Ohio. He coached me um, for my elementary middle school days. And then I want to say in 2016 or 2017, uh, he finally got the call up and he made it to the NBA and got hired by the Minnesota Timberwolves. And now here we are now, eight years later, everything's come full circle for coach. And now he's uh, made it to the Chicago Bulls. So with that being said, let's get into the interview as it was very exciting for me and uh, Coach Peter had a lot of interesting stuff to say um, regarding behind the scenes, the coaching aspect of the NBA and you know what I really loved the most about it is that even though he's a coach and he works 50, 60, 70 hours a week, he's a fan of the game first and I think you can hear that with the emphasis that Coach Peter Patton talks in this interview. So uh, here's the interview. Hopefully you guys enjoy. All right. We are back with a very special episode of Lance's House of Sports. I'm here with Director of Player Development for the Chicago Bulls, uh, 
and a good friend of mine, a former coach, uh, Peter Patton. Thank you so much for joining the show. Lance, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to see that you're doing this and uh, looking forward to talking some hoops. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it should be fun. Uh, I'm going to try and pick your brain as much as I can because I know you're a busy man. So let's get this along, uh, along with. But before we get started, I want to just uh, introduce you a little bit more to everybody. Um, so you're from Chicago. You went to uh, Loyola Academy. Um, you played at DePaul. You got a few records at DePaul. You got the three-point percentage season record. So you've had a big history in Chicago. But um, give everyone a little bit more of your background and uh, your playing career before you went into coaching and all of that. Well, uh, like you said, I was born and raised in Chicago. I uh, went to Loyola Academy, played at DePaul. Uh, played professionally afterwards. Uh, Chicago is a great, great city. It's a great sports town. And uh, if you play the right way, it's kind of thing. Uh, if you have a pure heart, so to speak, yeah, fans will support you and support your teams and everything like that. And uh, I'm excited to be back there as a coach. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a great, great opportunity. There's a lot of great coaches, a lot of great front office people. So to be with the, to be with the Bulls is very, very exciting. Yeah. I mean, it, it's pretty incredible to me to see everything come full circle to you, or for you, but talk to me a little bit about how this all took place, because um, for the people that don't know, you were a part of the Dallas Mavericks for um, quite some time before you made this transition. So just talk to me a little bit about how this all transpired. It transpires just, you know, you, you do good work and people come asking to see who's available. And uh, Dallas is in transition right now. They've, they've made a few changes to their coaching staff and opportunities for me within our that organization weren't going to be uh, weren't going to be there. So I needed to start looking outside the walls of Dallas to see where where I could develop as a coach and and do more. Uh, and not just be a shooting coach. So there's some opportunities came up in New York and Chicago and a few other teams, but uh, Chicago was really the best fit for me. And so uh, I'm just excited about the opportunity to get there and get to work. Yeah, yeah. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what the day-to-day -day like is in the summertime, because I'm sure there's a difference between being in-season and technically being off-season <laughs> uh, or in it being in yeah. the off-season. So, you know, how busy are you? yeah. yeah. Well, summer league is busy. You're here. You're watching games. You're. It's basically our convention. So the summer league is very. Hate using the word busy. You have meetings with the team. You have meetings with other teams. You have meetings with potential candidates for jobs. People are looking for jobs. People are are hiring. So it's a lot of work crammed into a 10, 12 day period. So it. I, wouldn't like to say busy, but it's, you, you know, your days are filled with uh, activity, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Remember so, Lance, it's basketball. It's basketball. It's uh, just basketball. It's still a game. It's not, we're not, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not correcting people's hearts. We're not fixing brains. We're not doing it. It's just hoops. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you still see it that way because I mean, that was one of my questions and I'll save it for a later time, but I mean, from transitioning from one team to the next, cause this isn't your first time doing this. Um, I mean, is there any difference in the nature or is it all just the same? Like you said, just hoops, just on a different team. Uh, it, 
it's always different. It's always different because you're dealing with different people and different culture and a different structure. Uh, at the end of the day, it is just hoops. And that's all that really matters. The players matter. And it's at the players league, the players matter. And you got it. You're there to serve them and make sure they have what they need to be their best. And as long as everybody's on the same page in that, in that fight, then you, you guys can, you can be successful. Uh, and I think that's, I think that's the one common area from every teammate. It's players first. And so I'm very fortunate. The Dallas Mavericks, the, the people there were the, some of the greatest people I've ever met. Same thing in Minnesota, same thing now in Chicago. I've only been here for, you know, two, three weeks, and I've really met some really amazing people. Forget to take the basketball out of it. There's just really good people there. So what's your main role like? Um, I mean, we we understand that you got kind of an upgrade in your position, uh, director and player development. Um, so inside in practices and outside of the practices, um, what's kind of the main role, um, whether you're working with the players or kind of more focusing with the coaches, working on the detail of the game plan and stuff like that? I think for me, the big thing for me is really kind of making sure that our coaches, our, our assistant coaches uh, get what they need because they are doing the day-to-day game planning and schemes for, for games and scouting. Uh, our player development staff has got to be on point with them to make sure that, one, we're teaching the right things that our coaching staff wants. Two, uh, we're using the right verbiage to make sure that everything's consistent with what the coaching staff wants and just connecting, connecting the building, making sure that our medical and strength and our coaching staff and our, uh, our, our, our chef and our front office and everybody knows exactly what's going on and what we're doing for each player. And I think that's really what the director of player development really has to do. But most importantly for me is when I get to go on the floor, that's the best part being with the players and working with the players on the floor. Um, who are some of the uh, young players that you've gotten to work with so far? I mean, you already mentioned one name, but I mean, who are some others? Uh, Julian Phillips, like I said, was our uh, we got him in the second round. He's a first round talent that we got in the second round. He's uh, he's going to be very talented. He's going to be very good. Um, he's having a nice summer league right now. He's out of Tennessee. Uh, Dale and Terry was their former first round pick out of Arizona. Got to work with him a little bit. Uh, Patrick Williams, uh, he came to town to Chicago and came out to Vegas a little bit, got to work with him and get to know him a little bit. And uh, like I said, we've got great guys who are workers. And that's that's the first thing you need to do is be a worker. Now we've got to be able to take that work and uh, transfer it onto the court and make sure that we execute that plan. That was really cool. I really like that answer. But um, <laughs> I w- <laughs> so we all know that the offseason for players, it's kind of a time for them to develop their body, grow their game, expand uh, with their, not just their weak points, but their strong points as well. But for you as a coach, I mean, do you still see the summertime as an off season or is it more kind of just a change in role for the new season to come? No, it's definitely an off season. You want guys to get away. You want them to go work with their trainers. You want them to spend time with their family. You want them to get away from the game a little bit. And yes, they need to work. They need to improve. And everybody, like so do the coaches. The coaches need to improve as well. Uh, and that's what makes the coming back. Like summer league is a little midpoint of the summer. You come, you see everybody, the players. We had a nice team dinner here. As a group, everybody saw each other for a day or two, and then they kind of go back to do their things because it's a long season. It's a long season, 82 games plus playoffs. You're traveling with this group. You're traveling nine nine months out of the year with this group, and you got to get along, but it's also important to get away too. Uh, so off-season is a very, very important time, yes, to develop, but it's also an all time to get away, get that mental douche, and to recharge your battery to get back for the next season. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of answered my question a little bit, but I'm just curious about, like, protocols – and like 
what rules you have for players during the offseason. Are they expected to be in the facility a certain amount of times during the offseason, or are you guys okay with them doing all of their work with their uh, individual trainers and stuff like that? Uh, it, it, it varies. It varies. Organization, organization, it varies. The, we have players come back from time, to, you know, couple days at a time just to check in. We'll go out there. We, like we'll send a group of coaches out to LA to see DeMar, to see Zach. And we'll, we'll go to them to kind of make it easy for them just because coming back into market will be after Labor Day. We'll make sure everybody's in market after Labor Day. And that's when we'll start to ramp it up before training camp. Yeah. But yeah, it's different for each person. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's pretty interesting. So have you already been into contact with some of your core guys already? Uh, I got to meet everybody just uh, on Sunday night. We had a team dinner here in, in Vegas on Sunday night. So I, I got to meet Damar and Patrick and uh, I got to meet Lonzo and a, a lot of the other guys on the team. Not everybody was here, but a lot of them were here. Zach, I've had a relationship with when he, with me in Minnesota. So that, that, that that's comfortable. And obviously a lot of these guys, you, you see them around the league over, over the years. Uh, this is going to be the start of my eighth year. So, and I study and I love the draft. I love seeing young players come up. So a lot of guys we had in when I was in Dallas, we had them in as an either uh, free agents or for tryouts, or we had them in for uh, rookie uh, tryouts and things like that. So a lot of them, you kind of know a little bit or have a familiarity with them. So it's exciting to kind of get to know them better. Yeah. Uh, talk to me a little bit more about that uh, Zach Levine um, connection with him, because like you said, I mean, uh, you were working with him when back when you were in Minnesota and he was just a young buck uh, in the league. And now that he's grown, kind of hitting his prime. Um, I mean, what are you looking forward to, to uh, connecting back with Zach Levine? Well, like you said, Zach was young and I was dumb. So Zach is uh, doing a lot of great things and he's uh, very successful. And we'll need him to be even more successful this year to uh, to make sure the Bulls make the playoffs and we can make a good push. And I know he's working. He's working out in L.A. He had a lot of our guys out there working with him as well. So it's it, like I said, we need we need a special year from him and all of our players. Yeah. Um, you said how you were kind of dumb first coming into the league. Um, so you kind of answered my next question already, but I'm curious if you have any you know different answers. When you were first hired to work for the NBA, what was your mindset when you first entered the business side of the league compared to um, now um, developing uh, the younger players? Uh, my mindset was just to not make a fool of myself, just get in there and try to work hard and earn the respect of the coaches, earn the respect of the players. Uh, I think learning the NBA game is such a different game than high school or college. And it's all evolving. Every single day, you're just you're constantly learning. Uh, I, I tell people I've been in, this is started my eighth year and I still learn something new every day. Um, for, uh, Peter Patton now compared to Peter Patton then is, you know, just being a lot more observant, more, more under uh, understanding of what the players go through on a day-to-day -day basis. It's not just show up, hoop and go home. It's, they've got other commitments. They've got business commitments. They've got commercials to shoot. They've got responsibilities to their family. They have responsibilities to their charities. Uh, so they're getting pulled in a lot of different directions and understanding that that it's our job to when they come to the gym to make sure that, that it's a sanctuary, a place where they feel safe and a place they can feel like they can be themselves and really, really just uh, accelerate their their improvement and just be be really 
mindful of what they, what they're going through on a day-to-day basis and that's i had no clue about that when i first started the league not to mention all the work and preparation that coaches put in you know you think you work hard you think you know a little bit about basketball and then you get into the league and you see guys working 50 60 70 hours a week and you know on the game and it just it just blows your mind and then you're just like wow i, I i've got a lot to learn um so i mean like i said before i mean you got the you got the single season three-point percentage record at DePaul. Um, I heard a lot about how you got to work with, um, I mean, professional coach, one of the best there is, uh, Chip England. Uh, correct me if I'm saying that wrong. England like the country. England like the country. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about that relationship and how it kind of um, helped you out when you first uh, became a coach and finished your playing career. Well, Chip and I, I hate to say this, I'm 49 years old now. I met Chip when I was 19 at DePaul. And it was a relationship uh, that started just with basketball skill development. And uh, I had a chip watched every one of my games in college. We went over it on film and we would go over it on the court and rebuilt my shot. I was a good shooter. He helped me become an elite shooter. Uh, And what he has done for me as a person, as a player and as a coach uh, goes way above and beyond what I could ever repay somebody back. So I just try to take the lessons that he's given me and pass it along to other people. And he's he's done such a great job of developing coaches and developing players that, you know, you just want to take what he gives you and pass it on to others. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about, uh, you know, now that you're now that you're on this side, because um, he's working for the Oklahoma City Thunder now, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Correct. Um, so you guys have both kind of had that experience now uh, in the league, uh, eight years, you said. Um, do you still consider yourself a fan of the NBA now that you're on the business side? Um, or is it more just this is business? No, I'm a fan of basketball. I I, I, I don't look at myself. There's a business side. Those are the people that do the marketing and try to sell season tickets. That's the real business. For me, I'm, I'm a fan of the game. I'm really a fan of the players of this game. They they are amazing athletes and amazing people. And uh, I'm just fortunate enough to be a part of it. No, I, I, I watch NBA basketball as much as I can. I'll be leaving here after I speak with you. I'll be going to the gym for the 1230 game and I'll watch eight games today. No, I'm a huge fan of basketball. I love hearing that. I love hearing that because you can't ever get enough. And that's something that I learned from you back when I was, I don't know, 12 years old, I think. And I mean, it's what gave me the passion to always want to play. Um, if only, if only I still was, but I mean, who are some of your, so you I'm going to ask both. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so two part question. Um, who are some of your past and current favorite players? I kind of, have an idea on who your favorite might be, but I'm curious about if you may have a few. And then who have been some of your favorite players to coach throughout your career? Well, as far as just as, as a family game, obviously Michael Jordan's my man. That's that's yeah. that's the growing up in Chicago. You know, I've never worn another shoe other than Jordan. So it's it's like I said, it's it's uh, I'm a little crazy that way. But like I said, no, I. I there's not many that compare to that. Obviously, Steve Kerr is another one who was a great friend and mentor when I was a player and now helps me out as a coach. I get to learn from him still. Uh, those those were some of the guys that I really looked up to just because I was around it so much, uh, being a, being from Chicago. Uh, as far as that I've got to coach, I mean, I would never say I have a favorite because the relationships with these guys are so special. 
Uh, like I said, just this morning, I saw Dennis Smith Jr. in the in the lobby of the hotel, a guy that I was working with in Dallas so that he and I have remained close. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, I have nothing but love for these two guys. They're they're really good friends. And I look at them as friends now. And uh, that's that's the biggest thing, not just kid, guys that I've coached. Obviously, Jalen Brunson, Maxi Kleber, Josh Green, Dwight Powell. Those are guys that I've really gotten close to over my years in Dallas. And uh, they were really special because not only – do they work hard for you, but they work hard with you and you learn from them as much as you hope they can learn from you. And, uh, that's, that's the, I mean, these guys have become like family to me. So it's, it's really, it's those, those types of relationships is what you're trying to build when you're, when you're doing what I do. If you're, if you're able to, um, obviously those are all great players, but if you can talk to me a little bit more about that Jalen Brunson relationship, because you were there as he was still, developing his game, becoming the best of himself. And I still believe the best is yet to come for a player like him now that he's on a team like the New York Knicks. How good can Jalen Brunson really be? And what is his work ethic like in the gym? Well, well, we'll go backwards. His work ethic's ridiculous. Uh, We were in the gym every night. Uh, We very rarely took a night off. Uh, Getting to work with him and to learn from him was special just because he's a winner at every level. He was a state champion at high school. He's a national champion in college. He will win an NBA championship. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. That's just the kind of guy he is. Uh, he should have been an NBA All-Star this past year. He's an All-NBA type player. Um, he's just a winner to his core. And uh, so getting to be around that and learn from that was very, very special. Uh, you know, you know, and uh, you, you just get excited for a guy like that. And I think that's the the one big thing that people – really, really that analytics don't talk about is they don't talk about the intangibles and what a guy like that can do. Uh, and you're seeing it, you know, people that said he can't do this, he can't do that. And guess what? He's proven everybody wrong. And he's got 126 million reasons why now to tell everybody he's right. Yeah. yeah damn straight, damn straight. And it shows that hard work can pay off. Um, but I mean, no, it, it, it always pays off, Lance. It always pays off. It doesn't sometimes. It always pays off. Yeah. You, hard work without preparation, hard work without, you know, organization. That if you're organized and you work your ass off, it pays off. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, including Jalen Brunson, obviously, in a, in a topic like this, but you've coached some extremely talented players at your teams. And just naming a few, I mean, in Minnesota, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, back with Zach Levine. Um, you had a brief stint with Jimmy Butler, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Jimmy as well as, Jimmy Buckets. Yeah, and then, I mean, Luka Doncic, obviously, um, 7-3, Kristaps Porzingis, um, Kyrie Irving for a little bit to end the season last year. Um, out of all those guys, I mean, all I mean, these guys put me in all every single time I watch the game, but you get to see it every single day. Who was the one that left you in all the most, I guess, so to speak? Every one of them, every one of them does something special that you're just like, wow, I didn't expect that. You know, Porzingis, you know, he'll stay just his ability to shoot the basketball is one like he can shoot the basketball. He can move at seven, three. He's he was a Wembyama before Wembyama type of thing. Uh, I think if you look at Jimmy Butler, just his will to win, his will to compete how he can take a team and, and carry it just like what, what he did with the heat this year. Uh, I think that was pretty cool. He took us to the playoffs. 
Minnesota hadn't been to the playoffs, and he was big in in the playoffs. Andrew's athleticism and Andrew's Andrew's just uh, you, you know Zach is just like a guy that can walk on air. He can shoot threes. He can take it and put it on your head. I mean, he's just he's so dynamic. Uh, obviously, Luca. He's, he's the probably the greatest player in the world right now, in my opinion, just because he can pass it, he can shoot it, he can change a game without he can change it with scoring, he can change it with passing. Uh we'll like to see him change it a little bit more with defense, but now that I'm not there, he can he doesn't have to play defense. I don't care. Yeah. Uh and then uh, you know, I and, Ky- and Kyrie is the is the most skilled player I've ever seen up close. Yeah. I mean, he is ridiculously skilled. And uh, like I said, if those two put it together, they're going to be a tough to do tough to to stop. Yeah. Um, I, I loved all those answers out of you. But I mean, before I move on to my next question, I mean, you know, you know, I'm a Celtics fan. Um, and you know, I'm going to be rooting for the Bulls because you're there now. But uh, I got to bring up, you know, poor Zingas moving to Boston. I mean, what do you think of a move like that? I think it's a it's a good move for Boston if that's what they wanted to do. Obviously, Porzingis stretches the floor. He offers some rim protection. Uh, you know what I mean? And it gives them more offense. I think that's something with. And, but they did lose Marcus Smart, who is a uh, you know is one of those glue guys, tough guys, and uh, competes every night. Yeah. Uh, probably a, probably a strong voice in the locker room. Yeah. You know, so you you got to give a little to to get a little. So it, you know, uh, I, I think they'll be fine. You know, I just focus on the Bulls and and what we're doing and all that kind of stuff. I only talked about it just because you're a Celtics fan. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. But for uh, me. you know, but yeah, like I said. Yeah. No, no, but poor. Like I like I like KP. KP is a really good person and a good player. So I I wish him the best. You know, I hope he does well there. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving back to the Bulls. Um. Like you said, you've only been there a few weeks. Um, you're still getting to know a lot of the players. You're just getting started developing a lot of these young guys that are very promising. Um, I mean, this team has been developing and buying, bringing in guys like DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic over the last few years. Um, what's it going to take to finally get over that hump, so to speak, to get back to competing in the playoffs? It'd be great if Lonzo was healthy. I mean, you got to remember this team was uh, in the first three months of the season when Lonzo was healthy. They were the number one seed. Yeah. I mean, Lonzo Lonzo Ball is a a very very talented player and gifted because he's a guy that can change the game without having the ball in his hands. Uh, guys know if he gets the ball in his hands, they better run because he'll hit him, get him up the floor. His shooting has improved. He's a tireless worker. Uh, I think that's that's something that this team is obviously he's not playing this year. So I think uh, we, I pray and hope that he gets the opportunity to play again with his, with his health, uh, because he's 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 what this team needs, some strong players, and we've got to get the others around them to play to that play to their level. You know that's because every night those guys got to bring it because if the others don't bring it, now you can really load up on those three. So our others have got to be stronger. We've got to shoot more threes, make more threes, and we have to we have to improve our improve our way of way way of doing things. But uh, like I said, it's it's a, you know not having Lonzo is a, is a big big time loss for this organization. Yeah, I mean, I know I know Lonzo Ball is kind of a touchy subject right now all around the league because no one really knows the situation with him and his health and when he's gonna be fully healthy to play again. Um, I mean, are we just kind of is this something where we're just hoping for the best, or are we just not even thinking about it that way and just we're gonna. We're going to just keep putting in the work to recovery and just hopefully one day um, he's able to play again. 
you know, I don't know enough about it and what, what he's doing for his recovery. I'm not, you know I mean? I'm not, a, I just met him. I don't know his medical staff or anything like that. Um, you know, like I said, I know that he's, uh, that he's working very, very hard to get back to playing. And so I, that's, that's all I'm hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, with him, with him not in play right now, I mean, I feel like this team, like, obviously, like you just said, Lonzo balls, that one missing piece to help you guys out. Um, who are you expecting as of right now to be the main guy to continuously fill that role, whether it's, you know, Kobe White, Ayodesumo, maybe one of the young guys? Um, what do you think? Yeah, it's it's going to be by committee, I would think. You know, I think our, our players are going to have to – that's why I say the others, are, you know, because you know the big three are going to come every night, and the others got to really, really, really bring it because, you know, some nights, some nights you have it, some nights you don't, and – that's why I like, you know, and Alex to, to build their consistency, to build their uh, ability to contribute on a regular basis, I think will be big for this club. Uh, just because that guard position, distributing the ball, more three-point shooting, and uh, stopping defensively, stopping the, the lead guards of other teams. I think that's going to be important for them. Javon Carter is a great addition. Uh, he is a very, very uh, strong a defender. He's a great three-point shooter right now. It's another guy, a tireless worker that has improved his game and has taken himself uh, to another level. So I think that he brings a level a level of toughness, a level of competitiveness that our team needs. So I think that's that's exciting. Um, so, but yeah, like I said, we just we've really got to get our others to 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 bring up their level and bring in consistency with it. Yeah. I mean, I'm really excited to watch in the Bulls because I mean, we've seen the talent on this team for a few years. It just seems like they've been struggling to put it together and maybe it's the loss Alonzo like you said they were successful beforehand but I'm really looking forward to seeing them you know with you uh coaching them uh see uh, what type of improvements they can make but moving on from the Bulls now um as you know I don't know how you feel about it but there's a new in-season tournament in the regular season um does that change your mindset at all as a coach or are you just going to be treating it like a normal regular season game Lance, you probably know more about it than I do because I, I just saw I'm looking out my window right now and there's a billboard that says in season tournament and I didn't know what it was. So yeah. uh, literally looking at Jason Tatum and jo Joel Embiid and it says in season tournament November 7th through the yeah. 9th or something like that. So it's all news to me. Yeah. Um, if it's, if it's a game, we got to prepare for it. Like it's a game. It, I don't think it changes the way we coach. I don't think it changes the way we scout. I don't think it changes the way we prepare. Uh, you know, I think, uh, does it add some excitement maybe for the fans for sure? Um, and we'll see how it goes. I know this is something that Adam Silver's wanted to do for a while. Yeah. So I, I, I hope it's successful and I know the league will do everything they can to, to make it exciting and make it, you know, make it fair and make it, make it uh fun for the players too. Yeah. I, I love that answer, honestly, because to me, it's like, it's just another game. I mean, I don't, I saw, I saw when they were, they were doing a thing on ESPN, you know, just to show it off a little bit more. And there's this huge trophy. And like, if you win the tournament and to me, in my eyes, it's like, I don't see why anyone would want a trophy. That's kind of like the off brand, you know, uh, Larry O'Brien trophy, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's just trying to spark it up, get some higher ratings. I'm not too sure, but I liked her. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome. Like I said, I, yeah, we just got to win. Yeah. If we have a game, we got to win. That's all I care about. Yeah. Um, uh, just a couple more questions then I'll let you go. Um, I'll try and keep this one easy. I'm very curious. Which NBA arena is your favorite and over your time coaching, being around the league, 
where have you noticed where it's kind of the fans are just all over you and it's tougher to play than in another environment? Well, I will tell you this, that Philadelphia is definitely the place where fans are all over you. And I'll give you a story. It was my first year in Minnesota. I got off the bus. It was cold. It was snowy. And you don't go underground in Philadelphia. The bus stops. You get out. You're outside for about 20 yards till you go into the arena. And there's a, a catwalk is above. And that's where the fans are walking to get into the arena. I got pegged in the face with a snowball. <laughs> and uh, so I would say Philadelphia is the most uh, boisterous and loud and consistent with their hatred of the opposing team. Uh, the place that I love, some of the, the arenas that I love, obviously going to Madison Square Garden is very special. I, I look at that place as a special place. It's just a really neat venue. Um, uh, obviously, anytime you go to L.A. Uh, at the, uh, I don't know what it's called now, Crypto Staples, whatever you want to call it, yes. that's a cool place. Uh, and then uh, in the Midwest, in the Midwest, it's, uh, you know, United Center holds a special place for me just growing up there, getting to play there in college and now coaching there. It's uh, at the United Center. And the, I think the Chicago fans are, are 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 really good basketball fans. And I think if you put a winner there, that, that, that could be a place that would be a really tough place to play. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe it will happen one day in the future with you coaching there. I don't know. But, um, I mean, I, I'm rooting for you. I mean, just know that. I'm yeah. rooting and all your success um well i appreciate it lance thank you yeah of course um before i do let you go i kind of want to let people know how i was able to get you on this because of the background i mean you coach peter Patton. you were um one of my coaches when i was in elementary school middle school growing up you were one of my shooting coaches um and you just gotta know i don't know i know we don't talk that much anymore whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, what are you talking about? I thought you said you were paying me ten grand for this appearance. What, what are you talking about? I, I, I didn't know you when you were a kid. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe sometime down the road, in the future when I start making a little bit more money, we can talk about that. But, I mean, you're the one. Oh, okay, my bad. My... Not me right now, coach. <laughs> oh, okay. But okay, I got you. I got you. No, but, no, it's. But no. down, down the line, I think I think that people should know. People should know that you are a heck of a player. That you worked hard, that you were a defensive, you were a, you were a pain in the ass defensively because you just drove people nuts. So the way you covered the ball, you know, like I said, you were a very tough player. So make sure your fans and your listeners know that. Well, of course. Well, I mean, you were the reason that I played that way, and I mean, not trying to diss it at all, but you know, once you got hired to go to the league, I feel like that's when my game started going downhill. And if I never lost <laughs> as a shooting coach, I feel like I could have been playing D three NAIA. I know I'm five nine. I'm not that big, but. I mean, if you got talent with a coach like you by your side, I feel like anything could happen. But well, I remember talent, talent first, talent first, talent first, and uh, like I said, I appreciate the love. But like I said, it, it, it's it's never easy, never easy to play in college and and to yeah. to play beyond high school. It's it's a it's a very challenging, challenging thing for any player, whatever level it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I played with some really talented players in high school. I'm sure you remember them. I mean, your son was a part of the team when they made it to the state championship game. Um, those guys would kick my ass in practice sometimes. So I, I mean, I would, I would kick theirs just as much as I can, but I mean, those, yeah. those guys were really talented. Um, but the yeah. one thing that I'll never forget um, with you, you know, I think it was during one of our sessions. I don't think my sister was there, but it was the one and only time I broke a bone in my body and I think I think I broke my right ankle. I believe it was my right ankle, and I don't think we knew how serious it was at the time. And you just told me to sit down on the bench and sit upside down, <laughs> and 
and to move oh. or something like that. I don't know if you remember that. No, I do know. I do remember that. I do remember that. Because I oh. can walk. <laughs> and I don't know how light it was at the time, but. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that was tough. That was yeah. tough. So, so, yeah, just Oof. saying that I appreciate you for taking care of me, for getting me out of that gym, picking me up and bringing me back to my parents because, you know, those couple of days were, I mean, a month and a half, I guess. Yeah. Helpful. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's no, no fun. Being, being hurt. Yeah. yeah, no, but injuries stink for anybody at any level. That's good. And like I said, you did have great, you have a great family too. That's the other thing for success. I think people got to remember that, Lance. Like you talked about your playing career, you had a great career, you had a, a lot of great success, but you had a lot of people supporting you, and that's that's what everybody needs. Yeah, yeah. And uh, hopefully, I'm just getting started. I mean, I'm still young, I'm still growing in college, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the best. But I got to take it one day at a time, right? exactly we all do we all yeah. do yeah well uh coach thanks so much for joining me today um good luck with the rest no of problem the it's season. had a blast thank you for having me good luck with the rest of the thank summer you thank and uh hopefully this season with the new team goes well thank you i'll see you back in columbus soon all right take care thank you guys so much for listening to lance's house of sports special episode featuring peter Patton. um i hope you guys enjoyed um, we've been using this offseason uh, to grow um, as a team and to grow our connections um, to potentially find more interviews down the line. But with that being said, we'll be continuing to take our hiatus throughout the rest of the summer. And we'll see you guys back in the fall for some crazy football and basketball takes, um, which are soon to come. And it cannot come soon enough. Uh, can't wait to see you guys in the fall. 